Hey, my name is Brandon and I'm very glad that you decided to watch this video today. We here at Northwood Young Adults are passionate about God and today I feel like this is a good opportunity for us to have a discussion about the greatness of God's power. I was in a small group a few months ago before the COVID-19 pandemic and we read through the book Follow Me by David Platt. And as we were going through the book, we had conversations about what it meant for the disciples, specifically the fishermen, to truly drop everything that they owned, knew and understood, to leave their jobs and to follow a guy named Jesus. Platt goes on to discuss the different types of sermons that he's heard regarding this passage of scripture. Often we focus on the facts of why the disciples were chosen, such as the skills of a fisherman, but really what we should be focusing on is the fact that Jesus selected them, not because of their skills, but in spite of them. As young adults, this is a critical time in our lives because we're developing skills that we anticipate will last a lifetime. Whether that is through higher level of education, trade school, or on the job experience, we're trying to accumulate skills that will set us apart and create some sort of value to the world. To some, this can be empowering because you have gifted abilities to communicate clearly and effectively. You can handle stressful and high pressure situations. Some may have the ability to perform high level calculations and solve complex problems. Maybe you're super artistic, you can capture beautiful images with a camera. All of these skills are great, but my question for you today is, what happens when the skill we depend on the most still isn't enough? It isn't enough to employers, it isn't enough for our parents' expectations, it isn't enough for even ourselves. So today we're going to look at the story of Paul and Silas, when they were put into prison, and I'm going to read it to you first, and then we're going to jump into a few of the key moments. So if you turn to Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 40. It says this, Once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews, and they're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept their practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they were severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when the prison doors, he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for all the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought out them out and asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke to the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all of his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates went, sent their officers to the jailer and with the order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave, go in peace. 
But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens, and they threw us into prison. And now they want to get rid of us quietly? No, let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them to the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. There's two sets of people we're going to look at from this passage. The first is the girl that you heard that was possessed by a demon. If you remember my question from earlier, what if the skills that I have to offer do not measure up? What if they aren't enough? Look at what the owners of this girl did. They became angry. They were upset that their source of income was removed from them and they did not know where else to turn but to turn in those that were responsible, or so they felt. They never even considered the well-being of the girl because they were so concerned of their own financial stability. Once they were no longer getting what they needed from her, she was forgotten. I'm really grateful that this is not the end of this story because God's grace, mercy, and power is about to be unleashed. Let's take a look at the jailer and his family. He could have easily taken the easy way out. He knew that he would be to blame for the escape of the prisoners, but God had a different plan in store. The jailer, who began to panic when he saw that all of the gates were open and all of the chains were loosed, yet he had to make a decision and he made a rash one, or he was going to. He was embarrassed. He thought that he had lost everything and everyone, all the prisoners, the respect of his peers and employees, and he was expecting to be killed if he had allowed just one prisoner to escape. His scales had failed him. Unlike the demon-possessed girl, we get the rest of the story. Paul and Silas cry out to him and say that no one is left, we're all still in the prison. The jailer asks, how can he be saved after experiencing such a God moment because he recognized that his skills could not be saved from him, could not save him from humiliation amongst his peers. His skills could not secure every prisoner in the jail. His skills could not keep him safe in the middle of a catastrophic event, only God could. What's interesting too about this story is that if you look back in the passage, the jailer took Paul and Silas to the innermost part of the prison, the place that he expected them to be the safest, the place where no light could enter, where the place where they would not be amongst all the other prisoners, a place where he thought they could be saved. So to wrap up today, I have another question. If God were to take away your skills that we all depend on so heavily, what would you be like? Would you be like the owners of the demon-possessed girl or the jailer? The God we serve is powerful. He understands our heart like no one else can. He understands what it means to love because he gave all to us, not because of our mistakes, but in spite of them. He sent his son to die a terrible death for our sin. Today, I pray that we're dependent not only on earthly skills, but on God's mercy and grace. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the opportunity for us today to be able to freely worship you and speak about you in an environment where we can grow with our peers, God. I pray that we become more like the jailer, God, that we understand that our, our skills and our abilities aren't enough. God, while they do come from you, you were the one that we should depend on in regard, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what we're going through. God, I continue to pray for our country through this pandemic and everything else that is going on. God, I pray that you would lead us and guide us in what's to come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.